it's just an honor and privilege for me to be found here this morning, amen, just to, just to, 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 to deposit or to transfer to you what I believe um, God wants you to receive this morning, amen. We're busy with a powerful, powerful series. It's all about having a mindset for miracles. Can someone say amen? Amen. Okay, so, you know, miracles is almost one of my favorite topics because when we deal with, with miracles, when we, when we deal with the miraculous, when we deal with the supernatural, when we deal with those things that God specializes in, amen, because this is his area of expertise. What man says is impossible, God says, ah, 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 actually, it's possible. Actually, I'm able. Actually, I'm not just able, but I'm more than able. I won't just do it for you. I'll do it for you exceedingly, abundantly, and above whatever you ask and whatever you imagine. So even the limits and the boundaries of your imagination will not be able to contain, will not be able to frame the miracle that God has in store for you. Can someone say amen? amen. So this is why I love this topic so, 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 so much. Amen. So we're going to go right into it. Hallelujah. Mindset for miracles. Believing to see. Believing to see. Uh, the book of Psalm 27 starts off by saying the following. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Lord, you are my light and my, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? What reason, what possible uh, good enough reason or explanation do I have for ever being in fear? Another way that we can put that is to say, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Why shouldn't I live in faith? We know that fear is the opposite of faith. So I can literally say, Lord, because you are my light and my salvation, why on earth, why in heaven shouldn't I live in faith and live by faith? If I know and I believe that the Lord is with me, and if I know and I believe that, he's, that he is for me and not against me, why do I ever need to live in fear? Why shouldn't I always live in faith? Amen. See, this is the problem with touchscreens. Hallelujah. I'm not going to touch it again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, one more. Okay, no, not, not again. So we're speaking about having a mindset for miracles. In order for us to have a mindset for miracles, we will have to believe to see. Tell your neighbor you're going to have to believe to see. You see, I'm sure you've heard it said before, and I can definitely put my hand up. I've definitely been guilty of saying this. I've said it many, many countless times. Hey, guys, seeing is believing. Eh? Seeing is believing. I've said it, geez, thousands and thousands of times. Seeing is believing. But I'm coming to challenge myself and I'm coming to challenge you and I this morning that actually in the economy of God, it's actually the other way around. In the economy of God, believing is seeing. In the economy of God, believing is seeing. Okay, we're going there. Hallelujah. Point number one. See what a nice short introduction that was, eh? Bless the Lord. Point number one. In the economy of God, believing is seeing. Psalm 27 and verse 13. We'll read it from both the King James Version as well as the Amplified Version. Thank you so much, Justin. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
read from the Amplified, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What the psalmist here is saying is, I would have despaired. I would have been discouraged. I would have fainted. I would have basically fallen short of completing my race. Had it not been for the fact that I chose to believe to see God's goodness, I made a choice. I decided that I am going to believe that I will see his goodness. I chose to believe to see. I didn't choose to say seeing is believing. I made a conscious decision that I would believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Basically, what that means is right now here on earth. So in other words, what the psalmist is saying here is, listen guys, I know heaven is waiting for you and I. I know we've got our, our ultimate destination in mind. But while I'm here, while I'm on the earth, while I'm here in the land of the living, I choose to believe that I will see God's goodness right here, right now on earth. I choose to believe to see heaven on earth, in other words. That's a conscious decision that you and I have to make. To believe that we will see God's goodness here on earth. There's a, a gospel group that I love so much. Um, you may or may not know them, just depending on how young or old you are. Um, yeah, there they are. Their name is Commissioned. You may, anybody who knows who Commissioned is, come on. Anybody. Somebody. Don't leave me hanging out to dry all by myself. Jimmy's just doing a small little, small little wave there. Okay, obviously it shows our age, right? Uh, you may notice on the very far, your very far right, that's, that's Fred Hammond right there. Yeah, that's Fred, man. That's Fred Hammond right at the end. Hallelujah. Commissioned sing a song, they used to sing a song, a beautiful song, and the words of the song say, Dare to believe, and you will see there is hope. Dare to believe and then you will see that there is hope. I'm challenging you, I'm challenging us, I'm challenging myself to, to dare to believe that we will see hope, goodness, mercy, the miraculous in the here and the now, right here, right now on earth. Dare to believe. Hebrews chapter 11, reading from the New Living Translation the NLT speaking about great examples of faith reading from verse 1 faith shows the reality of what we hope for it's the evidence of the things we cannot see in another version it will say faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen faith is the substance of the things that we hope for it produces hope that does not make ashamed it does stuff. It's busy doing stuff. It's busy being the hope. It's busy producing the evidence. When I think about it in, in a courtroom context, when I look at the scripture and I, look, and I think about it in a courtroom context, literally I, I, I picture in my mind's eye and I picture in my, in my wildest imaginations, I picture this embodiment of faith in the witness box. There's a trial busy taking place and faith is the next witness and faith comes up into the witness box. And the magistrate or the judge, whoever it might be, says, what do you have to say on the subject of what Stuart is hoping for? 
and believing for here on earth, right here and right now. And faith stands in the witness box and says, I am the substance of what he's hoping for. And if you're looking for evidence, Mr. Magistrate, I am the evidence of the things that at the moment, momentarily, only for now, temporarily, you actually can't see with your naked human eye. But as a witness, as a, as a one who's able to take the stand and take the oath, I take the oath and I say that yes, that thing that Stuart's hoping for, that thing that he's praying for, that thing that he's believing for, I am the substance of that thing. You don't need to look any further. You don't need to call any other witnesses. I'm the only witness that needs to testify. I'm the substance of the thing that he's hoping for. And if you're looking for indisputable evidence, evidence that can't be challenged, I'm the evidence of the thing that you can't see at the moment. Oh, wow. That's what faith does. That's what faith does. That's what faith is. Verse 2, through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. You see, your reputation is made up of the things that you are known for. So if you ask someone about me, someone who knows me or, or feels that they have a pretty good grasp of who I am, you know, and you start to interview them and you start to just question them a bit, you know, you know what, what is Stuart known for? Ah, you know, that guy is pretty easygoing. He's known for his jokes, definitely. You know, he's like a comedian. He's like a walking, like a walking joke book. You know what I mean? He's just laid back. He's easy. You know, that's, that's what he's known for. He's, 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 yes, actually, Bishop is just his surname. So he's not the Bishop. That's not a title. He's actually, that's actually just his surname. Yeah, I know. Stuart is just his name. It's not, it's not like a, that, that's just his name. His parents just decided to name him Stuart Bishop. Yes, so he's actually a, uh, he's a, he's a chill guy. You know what I mean? He's just a cool guy. So what are you known for? Someone else might say, you know what? <laughs> Man, I know that brother very, very well. Guys, um, you, know what, you know what he's really known well for? Is his love of soccer. Man, if you don't know that guy from a bar of blue soap, just bring up Man United. Oh, you'll see his face start to light up. You'll see his heart start to skip a beat. He'll start to melt. he become like putty in your hands. Man, he's known for how much he loves his football. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 2. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. They were known as people of faith. They were known for being those who would trust in the Lord. That's what they were known for. Your reputation is, is very intimately linked to the legacy that you'll ultimately leave behind. Amen. It's not just about a financial legacy of how much cash, how much dollars, how much rands and cents will you actually leave behind for your children to come. I've heard, and I know you, you've probably also heard it as well, of how the doors that Pastor Paul's father had opened for him in terms of the printing industry, today he reaps those rewards because of things that his father was known for. And simply by being his father's son, he was able to reap those benefits. What are you known for? What are you known for now and what will you be known for in the future? So there's some important questions for us to ask ourselves. You can jot these down if you're taking notes. Do I have hope or belief for this miracle to take place? Are you still with me this morning? We're still on the topic of, of 
a mindset for miracles. So do I have hope or belief for this miracle to take place? Do I have the faith for it? Is my miracle something that cannot be seen as yet? The as yet is super, super, super important. Is my miracle something that cannot be seen as yet? I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying it's not mine. I'm saying as human beings in the human realm, in the earthly realm, at the moment, we can't see it with our human eye. Not yet. It hasn't yet manifested itself into the natural. Do I have a reputation for having faith in God? By the end of this message, you're going to have to answer these questions for yourself. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That is powerful. By faith, we understand. We have an understanding. Because of the faith we have in who Jesus is, because, we have, because of the faith we have in who the Lord is, by faith, we understand. We have an understanding. We're not confused either by philosophers or either theologians who've gone slightly off track or, 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 or psychologists or psychiatrists. We aren't confused by the opinion of the day. We have a clear understanding that this entire universe was formed at God's command. What we now see did not come from anything that could be seen. That's what that scripture says. Hallelujah. Just go back one, Justin, sorry. That's very, very important. That we know, that, that we now see, that that's what we now see. English. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You know, you know how powerful that is? That tells me that the same God who's dealing with my miracle, who's dealing with my prayer request right now, is the same God who's able to take from, from nothing that could actually be seen. He takes from something that cannot be seen and he creates the entire universe. If he can do that, the same God who's living inside of me, how much more for, for the thing that I'm trusting him for right now? Even if, literally what this means is, even if he's got nothing to work with, even if he's got nothing to work with, he can still bring a breakthrough for me. He can still provide a way for me. He can still create the miraculous, even if he's got nothing to work with. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That just hit me like a ton of bricks right now. I never even thought about it up until right now. Even if God's got absolutely nothing to work with, even if he's got no building material whatsoever, even if there's nothing I can bring and offer to him, if I have faith and believe that he will do it, he's able to do it out of nothing. He's able to form something. That's powerful. That's powerful. So, the next time that you find yourself on planet Earth, someone say amen. Please take a moment to stop and look around you because everything that exists in creation was created from that which could not be seen. One of my absolute favorite sitcoms of all time, and don't judge me guys, we're in a safe place here. There's no judgment here, hallelujah. I'm protected, I'm safe. Thank you comrades. 
But one of my one of my absolute favorite sitcoms of all time is The Big Bang Theory. And I loved like I like I loved The Big Bang Theory. Like there was a time where the problem in the house was season 1 to season 10 of The Big Bang Theory was clogging up the PVR at home because that's what that like anything else could be missing like we don't need to record movies but The Big Bang Theory has to be there from season 1 to season 10 and they were all there. And wow, you know, if there happened to be a storm, you know, the night that I'm busy trying to record episode five, and then episode five got a little exclamation mark, then my heart is like shattered because I know it's, it didn't record properly. I'm missing an episode, guys. I'm missing an episode of Big Bang Theory. Okay, you guys don't understand. It's fine. <laughs> So one of my favorite sitcoms of all time, Sheldon Cooper. Man, I love Sheldon. Has got to, be, to me, he's one of the funniest characters that have that have ever been created on a TV series. However, I'm man enough to admit and declare that the opening lines of the of the theme music for the Big Bang Theory, which go as follows: It all started with the Big Bang Bang. It did not. Excuse me, beg my pardon, and beg your pardon, but it did not all start with a great big bang. No, 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 no. The universe and everything we see, and you and I sitting here today, we didn't all start because some meteor in space hit something that hit something and there was a big bang and now we're all here. No. No, no, no. I choose to differ with the creators on that point. The creators of the show. So here's my understanding according to scripture. By faith I understand as a born again believer that the world did not start with the Big Bang. The world we see today did not get created because a meteor or an asteroid or any other gigantic boulder, how ridiculous is that, came crashing into the earth millions of years ago. Genesis chapter 1 reading from the Amplified Bible. In the beginning God Elohim created by forming from nothing, there it is again, the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning God created by forming from absolutely nothing the heavens and the earth. That's how we got to be where we are today. The earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep, meaning the, pri the primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth. The spirit of God was moving or hovering or brooding over the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light and that's how it all began. You see, no matter how much I love the Big Bang Theory, I know and I understand, I'm not confused, I have a clear understanding, I have clarity of thought of how this world was formed. If God is able to form all of creation from nothing, why do we doubt for one second that he has the ability, if we believe, if we believe to see? So if you and I believe to see, why then do we, should we ever doubt that he has the ability to form our miracle out of nothing? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. 
Although Abel is long dead and long gone, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. How awesome is that? It's exactly what we were speaking about at the very beginning. After I'm long dead and gone, buried and in the ground, uh, long after I've left this earth, my life ought to speak out as an example of faith. What testimony will we leave behind after we are long gone? Will our lives still speak as examples of faith because we dared to believe to see? Because we dared to have a mindset for miracles? Can someone say amen? amen. We're moving on. Point number two. Point number two, faith and diligence are critical ingredients for you to reach your next level. Faith and diligence are critical ingredients for you to reach your next level. Hebrews chapter 11, reading from verse 5, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. That is not a typographical error. Read your Bible, people. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known. In other words, he had a reputation as a person who pleased God. Can you see how the, how the two points are linked with each other? So he was known for this. He was known as a person who pleased God. So what was it about him so much that pleased God so much? Verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely or diligently seek him. Remember what we've said, point number two is faith and diligence are, the, are critical ingredients for you to reach your next level. We're dealing with a next level person here when we look at Enoch. I don't know about you, I don't know if, if this happens often wherever you come from, you know, wherever you originate from, um, but I certainly haven't witnessed this firsthand where, yeah, yeah, Stuart is today, he's alive and well and is three, 365, we'll get there now, 365 years old, and instead of dying and we bury him and we have a, you know, we pray, we have a service, we... You know, Stuart, it was nice to remember you. He was a great guy. So instead of that whole thing, funeral plan, you know, Asupol, you know what I mean? Instead of that whole situation happening there, boom, he's translated into heaven. God takes him. God takes him, guys. God takes him. He doesn't die here. God takes him into heaven. Maybe that's normal where you come from. I've never seen it. It's not normal. We Pastor Paul spoke about levels. This guy's on another level. I love that advert, nah? You know the advert, right? I want to do it. Yes. There are levels, Baba. There are levels. This dude is here one day on earth, physically here with us, when suddenly, boom, he's translated into heaven. By God. Not by some demonic force. By God. God takes him. This is how pleased God is with this guy. He's like, dude. Save the funeral money. Save the burial money. I'm taking you. We're going. <laughs> there are levels, Baba. There are levels. So what was it about him? Let's go quickly to Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 to verse 24. 
Genesis chapter 5 and reading from verse 21. Are we there? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. Verse 22. Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God 300 years after the birth of Methuselah. I'm not great at maths, but 300 plus 65 equals 365. How powerful is that? For 300 years, Enoch habitually walked with God. He habitually fellowshiped with God for 300 years. That's me in brackets there. He lived a fruitful life. Oh, we're getting there. Sorry, I'm ahead of myself already. In habitual fellowship with God, 300 years after the birth of Methuselah, and had other sons and daughters. Right? So he wasn't just living like for a very, very, very long time. This dude was fruitful. He was being fruitful. He was multiplying. He was replenishing the earth. He was doing his thing. He had other sons and daughters during this extra 300-year period. And... So all the days of Enoch were 365. Okay, so if you were not confident in my mathematical abilities, there you go. Verse 23. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. That's how long he lived. In inverted commas, right? Because you know what happened to him. And in reverent fear and obedience, Enoch walked with God. And he was not found among men because God took him away to be home with him man that is powerful that is some next level stuff right there pastor Paul spoke about the fact that there are levels but when I read about brother Enoch being translated or caught up or taken up into the heavens and not dying here on earth then I must admit that indeed there are levels you see, he walked with God and he habitually fellowshiped with him for 300 plus years. Talk about being a friend of God. Talk about being a friend of God. This passage of scripture talks again about reputation. Enoch was known as he had a reputation as being a man who walked with God and pleased God because of his faith. Because of his faith. If you would ask me this morning whether it's possible to please God in the absence of faith, my answer will unfortunately have to be a resounding no. That's a big N and it's a small O. It's not possible to please God in the absence of faith. The scripture doesn't say that it is highly unlikely, highly unlikely that we'll be able to please God without faith. It says it is impossible to please God without faith. You see, at the very point where we want to approach God the Father and have access to him, we have to already believe or have faith that God exists in the very first place. It sounds quite obvious and it sounds quite logical to say, but, but it bears hammering on the point or, or emphasizing the point. Here you are trusting and believing that God is going to do what he says he's able to do in his word. You can't, you can't say, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm, I'm not 100% there. You know what I mean? I mean... I guess you could do it if you wanted to, right? And I mean, I mean, okay, I guess it's, 
I guess there is like a like a like a one percent chance that you might be able to. You can't come with with, with those words with with that demeanor to a God who, in the very first place, you need to for you to even be able to approach Him. You need to, at the very first point of entry, believe that He exists. You can't come to uh, my place of employment and believe uh, that I'm going to hand over to you a brand new Mercedes-Benz AMG C63 V8 bi-turbo. But you don't actually believe that me, Stuart Bishop, I actually work at Mercedes-Benz South Africa. It starts with believing that I exist, that I'm employed there, and then we get to the part where, hey dude, here's a C63 AMG. Enjoy. Have a good time. Stay off the curb. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? We can't be trusting God for these big, amazing, gigantic things, miracles, mindset for miracles, but in the very, very first place, we don't even have faith that he actually exists, that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know what that tells me, guys, and why I say diligence is a critical ingredient? What that tells me is, if on Monday I'm like, yeah, God, you're going to do it. You are just going to come through for me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That promotion is mine, Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, that's me on Monday. Then on Tuesday, yeah, Lord, you know what I mean? I mean, if you can't, no? like if you're busy and you know what I mean? If, like if you've got other people like that you're supporting like in Africa and Asia, you know what I mean? I know, I know you're busy. So you know what I mean? Tsunamis, there's floods. I, actually, now, now, now I realize, you know what I mean? Actually, you know, if you've got time, if you can get to it, you know, if you can, if you can, you know, scooch it on the agenda, you know what I mean? I, Diligently, consistently, sincerely, you know what it literally means is you've literally got to, ha got to have, I can't describe it any other way, but you've literally got to have a bulldog mentality when it comes to what you believe in God for. Right? I, I don't know if you've ever been around a pit bull or, 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 or a bulldog or, you know, that breed. You know the breed I'm talking about. Pit bull, uh, bulldog. You, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's not fluffy it's, and it's not spotty. It's, it's, it's those dogs where when you're walking down the road with that dog, everybody who's on this side of the street crosses over to that side of the street. Those are the dogs that when they grab hold of something, they just don't let it go. They are relentless. They are diligent in their pursuit of doing whatever it is that they want to do to that thing that's found its way into their grasp, into their clutches. They are relentless. You've got to have literally a pit bull or a bulldog mentality. You can't be up today and down tomorrow, believing today and in fear tomorrow and in doubt on Wednesday and sort of trying to... You get what I'm saying? He's a rewarder of those, I'm only reading the Bible, he's a rewarder of those who diligently, sincerely seek him. Matthew chapter 6, reading from verse 33, from the Amplified. Verse 33, but first and most importantly, seek or aim at or strive after, there's an aiming that's taking place. Seek after, aim after his kingdom. So this scripture is great because it gets things in order. It puts the first things first. 
First and most importantly, seek or aim at or strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. And all these things that you're hoping and trusting and believing for will be given to you also. But get the first things first. Get, get right first. Get your priorities right first. Put first things first. First and foremost, seek his kingdom and all of his righteousness. And then all of these things that you're believing and trusting and hoping and praying for will also be given to you. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask and keep asking. Ask and keep asking, guys. Don't, after a week of asking, give up. You never know what, what principality, what power, what force of darkness during week one is busy hindering your prayer request, busy holding it up, what battles are taking place in the spirit realm. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is against principalities and powers and wicked forces in high places. This is why the Bible says, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, diligently. This is what diligence looks like. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. The worst, I think one of the worst possible things that could that could possibly happen to someone who's who's busy waiting on the Lord and busy trusting him is to get to the to get to the precipice right so that's the edge that's the edge of the stage right it's not very high so I also have a fear of heights by the way I'm now it's now an open book right open book policy so I actually have a fear of heights it's not rational don't ask me where it comes from but I'm okay with this level you see yeah you see if we keep it yeah it's fine I'm okay yeah one of the worst things that could happen to you and I is for us to be pressing, travailing, believing and trusting in God and then we get to the very precipice, we get to the very edge of our breakthrough. In other words, the very next step is going to be welcome to breakthroughville. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Welcome to manifestation. Hallelujah. You are now flying in manifestation airways. Thank you for choosing us as your local carrier. Welcome to breakthrough. Your final destination. The, the temperature is approximately a moderate 27 degrees for your comfort level, of course. Hallelujah, Jesus. Welcome to your miracle. But at the moment you're here. At the moment you're right here. You're on the edge of your breakthrough. You're on the edge. And now when you've gotten this far, now when you're right here, then your diligence goes out the window. Your commitment goes out the window. You start to waver. You start to allow fear and doubt and all the lies of the enemy to come in and confuse you. When you are right here, you are right here. Amen. I believe wholeheartedly that God loves tenacity. People who are diligent, people who seek and keep on seeking no matter what the circumstances around them are, this is what he loves. This is what a mindset for miracles looks like. A mindset for miracles is a diligent mindset, a, t a tenacious mindset, a bulldog mindset, and I won't let go until you bless me mindset. I won't let go of you, Lord, until you bless me. Are you prepared like Jacob, a.k.a. Israel? 
Are you prepared like Jacob to wrestle with God through the night to receive your blessing, to receive your miracle, to receive your name change? Are you prepared to be diligent through the night? When it's darkest, when it's loneliest, when no one else around you is there for you to pick up a phone and call and get some support and call a friend and phone a prayer partner and have, have someone travail with you, when it's darkest through the night, are you prepared to say, Lord, I won't let you go until I get my name changed? If you are, then you are made of the right ingredients. And one of the key ingredients is tenacity, diligence, and sincerity. I will pray without ceasing, Lord, until I see my miracle manifested here on this earthly plane. You know, I've explained this concept previously, but it, it bears mentioning once again. You know what it's like? It's like being here on, on this plane, being here on earth. We're in this earth, but we're not of this earth, right? So we're here, we're here in Highfelt. Right now, where am I? I'm at the moment on the corner of John Foster and Logan Avenue in Highfelt. I'm standing here. I'm here. This is where I am. And right now, where I physically am, I'm believing and trusting God for promotion. I believe and I trust wholeheartedly by faith that that promotion is mine. I'm trusting him, I'm, I'm believing him, but I'm here. I'm on the corner of Logan Avenue and John Foster. My miracle, my promotion is sitting somewhere in the heavenly realms, somewhere in the spiritual realm, and there's a battle raging, there's a war going on between good and evil. Just like God sends his angels with an assignment for me, so to the enemy does the same. He sends blockages, those to stop, those to hinder, those to prolong, those to frustrate. And so there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And I'm here on the corner of Logan Avenue and John Foster, believing God for the miracle that's already there. It's just not yet here. Are you with me this morning? If we look at some of the other highlights from verse, from verse 7 onwards of Hebrews chapter 11, you'll find accounts of Noah and the ark, where by faith Noah builds a boat to save his family from rain and floods that the earth had never ever experienced or witnessed before. But he builds an ark and he saves his family. Abram, who goes to a foreign land, it was by faith that Abram obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to a foreign land, another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God had promised him, he still had to live there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. Sarah, who was barren, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old, according to, according to the world's standards. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people like the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore that there is no way to actually count how many they number. 
Abram, who now offers Isaac as a sacrifice. You see, it was by faith that Abram offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abram, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. You see, Abram, Abraham reasoned in his mind and he believed and he had faith that if Isaac had to die, that the God that he served would be able, willing and able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abram did receive his son back from the dead. Are you with me this morning? All of this was done by faith. Verse 32 wraps up that chapter of scripture as follows. How much more do I really need to say? Sorry, I added the really. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. Verse 33, by faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, hallelujah. They quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. How much more do I need to say? But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. This is scripture, ladies and gentlemen. And others were killed with the sword. Some went out wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. How much more do we really need to say? I believe that on a daily basis, I will see God's miracle working power being manifested in and through my life on a daily basis. I am believing present tense for the things that God will do future tense. I am believing present tense right now for the things that God will do future tense. I am believing now as if my miracle has already materialized. I have a mindset for miracles. Were it not for my faith in Christ, I'd be branded as delusional because of the way that I speak about things that do not exist as though they actually do. I exercise dominion and creative authority in the name of Jesus, not in my own name, over this earthly plane. Not being able to touch my miracle, see my miracle, taste my miracle, and feel my miracle with all of my natural human senses is no limited to my faith. It's no limited to my faith. The fact that I can't touch it, see it, smell it, visit it, is no in no way limits my level of faith and belief that it is and that it exists and that it's mine. 
even when there is no physical substance to be used as a reference point for my miracle, I still believe to see because I understand that faith itself is the substance of the things that are hopeful and, is, and faith itself is the evidence of the things that at the moment I do not see. That means that if I am trusting God for a promotion at my place of employment, then my faith in Christ is itself all the proof that I will ever need that God has promoted me. Has promoted me. My faith causes me to speak and think in the wrong tense. Are you with me this morning? My faith in what Jesus is, is able to do causes me to make some grammatical errors, some English errors. I speak in the wrong tense. I say, I am a multimillionaire. And then you look at me and you're like, hey, this guy, where did he go to school? Yo, we all know he's not a multimillionaire. What is he talking about? I am blessed beyond measure. I am above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ. I'm speaking in the wrong text. Why? Because of my faith. I speak about those things which are not as though they already are. I speak about those things that only exist in the spirit realm as if I can already see them, smell them, and touch them in the natural realm. Hallelujah, Jesus. I speak in the now about futuristic things because my faith is active and alive. And it's pleasing to God. And because my faith pleases God, he sends his angels out on assignments on my behalf. He turns people's hearts towards me. And they themselves don't know why they like me so much. They seem to think that I have the X factor. When in fact I have the faith in Christ factor that grants me favor in the sight of God and of man. People I don't know, people I've never met, crucial influential people, kings and presidents and high priests don't know why they like me so much. But it's because I found favor, because my faith is pleasing to God. I found favor not only in God's sight, but also in the sight of man. And they like me, and they just don't know why they like me. And so they give me stuff, they give me tenders, and they give me jobs, and they give me cars, and they leave money in my, in my mailbox, and I don't know what to do. My cupboard is overflowing, the, the food is getting spoiled. God, what must I do with all this stuff, with all these blessings? I can't contain it, Lord. Who are these people? Where do they know me from? They don't know me, but they are attracted to me like a magnet. And they want to bless me with stuff. And they want to give me stuff. And they want to introduce me to people. Hallelujah. We have to come to understand the principle that without faith, it's simply impossible to please God. Faith operates like a bridge between where I presently am and the miracles I'm believing God for. The reason this bridge called faith is an absolute necessity is due to the fact that between where I am and where my miracle is, there's a chasm. There's a gulf and in that gulf are obstacles and hindrances like time, space, opportunity or lack thereof, location, various individuals, various principalities blocking what God has in store for me. But faith, faith, hallelujah, nullifies all hindrances between myself and the miracles that I'm believing to see. That I'm believing to see. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Point number three. Point number three, we're moving on. 
You know, I asked Desire, where's Desire? I'm gonna put him on the spot now. Where is he? I don't see him. Anyway, I asked Desire, you know, you know Uncle you know Uncle Google, right? Google Google allows you to Google certain things, right? So me that loves Uncle Google. I asked Uncle Google, in Southern Sutu, or as my colleagues at work like to say, Southern Sutu, Southern Sutu. Apparently, it, it's got a stronger oomph to it if you say Southern. Like, even when I say Southern, they're like, no, 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 just come back to Southern Sutu. I don't know why. But apparently, in Southern Sutu, Rehatle means we are moving, we are going, we are moving somewhere, we're going somewhere. <sighs> Hey, Uncle Google. Okay, so I asked Desire. I asked Desire, Desire, what does it mean? And Desire's like, ah, boss, I, I don't know. I don't know what it means. So I was going to say we're moving to point number three, Hartley, anyway. We're moving to point number three. Don't be discouraged by temporary circumstances. Don't be discouraged by temporary circumstances. Proverbs 13 and verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I had to ask myself, what are the things that can defer my hope? I'm hoping and I'm trusting and I'm believing that God is going to do something. I've got a mindset for miracles. I mean, I'm in the right frame of mind. How do I go from that point to having my hope deferred, which makes my heart sick? One of the ways I believe is we often get discouraged, dis despondent, and it's often in relation to temporary circumstances. Nothing eternal, nothing permanent, but a temporary situation we allow to, 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 to discourage us to the point that we lose hope and our heart becomes sick. I'm encouraging you, I'm encouraging myself this morning. Let us not allow ourselves to be discouraged by temporary circumstances. In the book of John 20 and verse 29, we see that Thomas needed to see first before he would believe that Jesus was alive. Thomas had allowed his hope to become deferred and his heart to become sick or discouraged because he was aware that Jesus, for the past three days, had been crucified and was buried and was in a tomb. A temporary situation. A temporary situation. Thomas needed to see the holes in Jesus' hands before he would be prepared to believe. Not even reports of his own fellow disciples who he walked with and talked with and supped with and fellowshiped with was enough to create faith in his heart and renew his hope once again that Jesus has actually risen, that he is alive. And so Jesus says to him, blessed are those and those is you and I this morning. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You and I fall into this category this morning. You and I, though we haven't seen the physical Jesus, the flesh and blood Jesus, though we haven't had the opportunity to live in the dispensation where he walked the face of this earth in flesh and bone, though we have not physically seen him, yet we believe and there's a blessing for you and I. There's a blessing for you and I. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. And once again, this is a safe place, guys. Yeah, you don't judge people, no? You don't, don't stop it. When you feel yourself about to judge me, just stop yourself right there. Just stop yourself right there. So I love this movie because of my son, right? My son loves this movie, and because he's my son and I love him, you know, even when even when Man United's um, doing their stuff against Arsenal, when he says, Daddy put trolls on. <laughs> then, you know what I mean? Flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, bone of my bone. You know, I must now switch over from 203 to, to Princess Poppy, right? That's Princess Poppy. For those of you, and I know there's only a few of you, but for those of you who have never ever watched Trolls, I know it's a small, it's a minority, it's like a, like a handful of you, right? So I'm just explaining this for the few, right? Because most of us have watched this already. But for the few who haven't watched the movie Trolls, that's Princess Poppy. She's, the, she's, she's got the lead role, by the way. Um, her her, her co-acting interest is someone by the name of Branch. Yes, like a branch of a tree, right? That's Branch. And then there's, a, there's another character. His name is Creek. Now, I need to give those five or six people who haven't watched this movie I just need to give you a little bit of context, right? So, this is what Charles is all about. Way back when, whenever this was, in this whatever kingdom or dimension this was, there were these Charles. Charles like Princess Poppy. You can see how happy she is. She's always happy. She's always singing. She's always dancing. Branch, by the way, is played by Justin Timberlake. For those of you who are thinking this is not a cool movie, it actually is a cool movie, and it's endorsed by the fact that Justin Timberlake plays Branch, right? So let's just let's just deal with that now, because I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you guys are judging you so let's deal with that it is a cool movie it is a cool movie right and so these trolls exist and there's these other characters called Bergens Bergens are ruled by a king and the king's name is King Crystal as you can see I know this movie very well Right, now, the, the Bergens are these unhappy, just lumps, miserable lumps that are never ever happy, and they have no other way to experience happiness other than by eating a troll. Are you still with me? So in order for the Bergens to experience happiness, they have to eat one of the trolls. This is the way that it works. This is the movie. I didn't write the plot, but this is the way that it works. Right, so, there's a point in the movie where... Princess Poppy sees Creek, one of the other trolls, being eaten by King Crystal. She sees, she sees Creek go into King Crystal's mouth. Are you still with me? But she doesn't see him swallow. So, she then has this conversation with Branch, where she's like, Branch, we have to go rescue Creek. And Creek's like, hey, Poppy, sometimes you need to understand, when people go into other people's mouths, they don't come out again. That's the way, this is the way that it works. And she's like, and she says this, and it's profound, and that's the reason why her picture's up there. She says this, she says, I don't know that he's alive, but I hope that he's alive. I don't know for a fact that he's alive, but because I didn't see King Crystal swallow him, I hope that he's alive. And that hope is enough for me to want to get up and go try to rescue him. And by the way, he wasn't swallowed, he was actually alive. Yeah, right? Now then, that's like a cool point, right? Right? Thank you. Go watch the movie. Right. The woman with the issue of blood that Pastor Paul preached on had a mindset for miracles. She had a believe to see attitude, not a wait and see what happens 
And then I believe attitude. Very, 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 very important. You remember how Pastor Paul described the events that were unfolding. There was Jairus. Jairus' daughter was not well. Um, Jairus was busy engaging with Jesus. He was like, Jesus, my daughter's not well. We need to sort the this, sort this situation out. Jesus was in the middle of Jairus' situation doing what he needed to do. She could very easily have said, okay, listen, I know I've got this issue of blood, right? Hey, this Jesus, I've only heard about him. I've heard the reports, and now I see him is here, he's walking through the village, but hey, you know what? Let me first wait and see what happens with Jairus' daughter first. No? If Jairus' daughter comes out smelling like roses, then I'll approach him and I'm like, me too, Jesus, I've also got a problem. That wasn't her attitude. Her attitude wasn't a, let's wait and see what happens first. She had a belief to see attitude. She believed that she would see and experience her healing by touching the hem of Jesus' garment. She wasn't waiting around to see what was still going to happen with Jairus' daughter. She had a belief to see attitude. She could have easily said, let me wait and see. But, however, as someone who believes to see, she interjects proceedings in the middle of Jairus' encounter with Jesus. And she reaches out and she touches Jesus' garment, believing that she will experience a miracle right there and then. Faith will cause you to describe the situation through Jesus' eyes, not through the eyes of man. Through the eyes of man, Jairus' daughter was already dead. Hallelujah, Jesus. So when Jesus eventually rocks up on the scene, according to man, they, they, remember they, they were busy mourning now. Uh, it had taken too long, whatever the case was, the opportunity had gone, and so Jairus' daughter had already passed on, according to man. According to man. Faith, however, will cause you to describe the situation through Jesus' eyes and not through the eyes of man. Through the eyes of man, Jairus' daughter was already dead. Through Jesus' eyes, she was only sleeping. She was only sleeping. You see what happens, why this is so important. We often believe God for something and we trust in God. We, I'm, I'm believing, Lord, that, 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 you know, this miracle is mine. And this thing that we believed in so, so wholeheartedly, so fully, we really, you know, we, we, we were diligent. We were, you know, all of the, all of the boxes were ticked. Diligence, faith, um, sincerity, not wavering, you know, not allowing the enemy to sow seeds of doubt. You know, all of the, all of the good stuff was there. And then what happens? We see someone else receiving the miracle we see someone else receiving the breakthrough what do we automatic what what happens to us automatically automatically we go into a mode where oh well i guess it wasn't for me then i guess it wasn't for me right because i mean obviously this thing is dead right it's it it's done that closes the account no more hope right someone else got it Someone else got the position, right? So that thing that I was fasting and praying and believing God for, you know, I wanted that management position. But I see, you know, um, see Atemba got it. You know, good for him. Um, obviously, it wasn't for me. When, when God says not now, it's not the same as saying no. A not right now is not the same as a no. And so, like Jesus, who comes to, to see the situation and assess the situation, he says, you know what? 
She's not dead. She's just sleeping. It's not a, it's not a no. It's just a not right now. And it's important for you to understand this because there'll come a time where that situation unfolds in a way where you begin to see God working on your behalf and God wakening that situation out of its slumber and out of its sleep. And now you get to enjoy the beauty of this miracle, this thing that you've been trusting him for all along. God's not right now is not the same as him saying no. Point number four. We need to aim for legendary faith, the likes of which have never been seen before. I know and I understand, guys. I understand the scripture says that if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the ocean, and that's what's going to happen. I understand completely. However, I also understand that I don't want to aim for, for mediocrity or for average or for just enough of what I need to get by. I want to aim for, for the ceiling. I want to aim for the stars. So that even if I miss the stars, I hit the next best thing. Hallelujah. Let's go to scripture. Matthew chapter 8, reading from verse 5, from the NIV. The faith of the centurion. This is a guy who comes from this area. He comes from centurion, right? You still yeah, hallelujah. Reading from verse 5, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Where's the servant? The servant is at home. He's not there with the centurion. Verse 7, Jesus says to him, should I come and heal him? In other words, should I come to where he is? Verse 8, the centurion replies, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Only say the word and my servant, where he is, will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this soldier, go, and he goes. And I say to that soldier, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in all of Israel with such great faith. With such great faith. Aim for great faith. Verse 11, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you have believed that it would be done. So exactly according to the way that you've believed. Because I've never ever, man, I've never in all of Israel seen anyone with such great faith. My blessing to you, my gift to you is exactly the way you believe it's going to happen. Let it happen exactly that way. If you, if you believe that he's going to be completely healed, that, that he'll be able to walk, jump, and shout, and scream, and praise the Lord, and do athletics, and do high jump, and do long jump, and be faster than Usain Bolt, if that's what you believe, then brother, have it exactly the way that you believe it. Because you've got such great faith. I'm, I'm shocked at the level of your faith. So have it exactly the way you want it. Yeah. The centurion's faith caused him to see 
distance and locational separation as no obstacle at all for the power of Jesus to perform the miracle. Remember, these people were not in the same area. The guy who was paralyzed, who needed the healing, was back home. Jesus was in Capernaum standing, talking to the centurion. They're not in the same location. But in the mind of the centurion, so great is his faith that he, he doesn't see distance and locational separation or physical separation as an obstacle to the power of Jesus to perform the miracle. Jesus says of the centurion, I've never seen anyone in all of Israel with such faith as you. The woman with the issue of blood did not see form and protocol, but rather saw faith when my miracle, that, that will happen when my miracle, faith that my miracle will happen. Let's say that again. So the woman with the issue of blood, here she is. We know the setting. We know how things operated those days. It's not, it's, this is not 2017 where um, any lady sitting here can just come up here and just, you know, touch me on my shoulder. It's not 2017, guys. We know the dispensation that, that Jesus was operating in. There was form. There was protocol. There was the way things had to be done and ought to be done. People were stoned to death for doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. There was a time when Jesus himself was challenged for healing a man on the Sabbath when he ought to have been resting. There were ways that things were done. But she didn't see what society said, how she ought to behave. She didn't see that as, as, as something to, 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 to stand as an obstacle in her way for her to get her breakthrough, for her to get her healing. Those were not obstacles for her to even consider. All she saw was my faith in Jesus for my miracle. You see, when you live by faith, it changes your behavior. We live by faith and not by sight. We conform to the ways of Christ and not to the ways of man. Jesus becomes your first and only report. He becomes the author and the finisher. Even in the face of directly opposing specialist or professional or scientific reports saying X, if Jesus says Y or says A or says B, then you believe what Jesus says, regardless of what the professionals and the intellectuals and the statisticians have said. Amen. You see, there's, there's, there's a mentality that says, I'll, I'll sit back and wait and see. I'll look and see and see what happens. Yeah, you know, I've heard that, you know, hey, these pastors, you know, I, these men of God. Yeah, no, they say they, 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 they're busy with a building project. They want to have a building project in 2018. Eh? Uh, they're tired of renting the space. They're tired of the parking issues. So they want to embark on a building project in 2018. Yeah, these pastors, eh? and they're building projects. But you know what? Eh? <laughs> Mabru, you know, you have to just wait and see. Eh? You have to just wait and see. Don't go invest all your money and all of your efforts and all of your time. Just wait and see what happens. <laughs> just now they don't even buy the land. And there you are. You've already given all your tithes and all your offerings and all your contributions. Let's just wait and see what happens there. Okay, so they, so they buy the land and we're ready to break ground. You're like, oh, 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 hey. we're far from where we need to be. Yeah? We're like very, very far. 
Let's just wait and see. You know these guys, you know, they, they, they talk a good talk. Uh, but let's just see, do they even, do they even sort the foundation out? You know, a, a, a building can't stand without a foundation. Eh? And they'll even get very religious with you, you know. Without a sure foundation, you will not be able to stand, brother. So let's just see if they sort out the foundation. Let's wait and see. So we, so we get to the foundation, the foundation sorted, and we're like, yeah, nah. but you know what, you can't even see, that's, that's, all, that's all under the surface. Let's see if these guys are actually serious about what they're doing. Let's wait and see if they actually reach window height. You know, once they get to window height, then yeah, I think that'll be a good time for us to start investing our cash in this thing because we can actually see it's actually going somewhere. Let's wait and see. Thank God that there's no one here who thinks that way. Amen? In the local assembly that I come, come from back home, and I'm probably going to close off with this. I can see I'm, I'm, I'm pushing time boundaries here. So in the local assembly that I come from back home, uh, by the way, you'll be able to get the rest of the notes um, on, on the website. Just go to www.gochurch.co.za. Amen. But I want to end with, 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 with this true, absolutely true account. So the, so, so the church that I come back, that I come from back home in my hometown where I was born and bred, the name of the church, it's a local assembly, it's called Eastwood, Philadelphia. Very nice name. Cool name as well. Eastwood, because we live in Eastwood, because the church is in Eastwood. Philadelphia, which means brotherly love, also an awesome, awesome, awesome name. But when we were in youth, when we were young people in youth, we'd often have, uh, we, we'd reach a certain point of the year, and I remember it was usually around about September, and I remember because my birthday is in September, so around about September, approaching towards the end of the year, as young people, as youth, we'd get to the point where we now decide, you know what guys, it'd be really awesome if we can organize a bus, and we, and we, 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 we go from KZN, maybe this is in KZN, we go from KZN, we hit the garden route, and we end up all the way in Cape Town, as youth, as young people, on fire for Jesus, how awesome would that be? You with me? You you in this conversation, right? So yeah, we are. We're like, yeah, this is this guys is gonna be cool, right? We figure out how much is the bus. We fi figure out how much it's gonna cost to feed us for those days. We do the calculations, add, subtract, divided by two, and you come up with, okay, guys, it's gonna cost each of us one thousand five hundred. Oh Jesus, oh Lord, one thousand and what? No, guys, listen, we're gonna, remember we're going to Cape Town, it's going to be cool. We're going to go the garden route, and man, it's, it's just going to cost us 1,000. 1. 1.5! 1. 1.5! 1. 1.5! Hey, hey! 1.5, Baba! Yeah, just 1,500 then. Hey, hey! I, I, let them carry on. Let them carry on, it's fine. Let, fundraising, car wash. Let them do their car wash. Uh, Purovos roll sale. Let them do their Purovos roll sale. Ah, these guys are not going to Cape Town. Just wait and see, ne? Just wait and see. These guys, these guys, 1.5 each. <laughs> 50 to 60 young people going from KZN to Cape Town in December. I leave them. What are they doing? They're raising funds. What? They're asking for donations. Let them go around with their donation list. It's fine. They're never going to Cape Town, guys. I just wait and see. Just wait and see. And without fail, come the 15th of December, now with that, with that 15, 16, you know that holiday? There we are outside the church premises. 
bus in the driveway. People with their luggage, people with their bags. We're moving. You see now, I could have used it here. Even if it's not, it doesn't mean we're moving. We're moving, guys. We're moving. Here we are. We're going. We're going to Cape Town. And always, without fail, I won't name and shame them, hallelujah, because it's going on YouTube, but without fail, there'd be those three or four or five young people, the ones that were saying, ah, these guys are never going to go to, wait and see, guys, wait and see, they will never, never, ever, and there they'd be, standing there, sad as could possibly be, downcast all their souls, wondering, wondering why they ever adopted the attitude of wait and see. Wait and see. And we go, guys, we go. I raise the funds. I'm going, Baba. I'm going. We are moving. Rehatle. Guys, even if, the, you know what, we, we're going to, you know, you know how we do things, nah? Remember, remember what we did with Awesome Amazing, nah? How it just became like, the, it became like an official word. Like Oxford now has that word, okay, it doesn't. But remember how we did with Awesome Amazing, so Rehatli is going to be our thing, right? Over here amongst us, we'll understand that it means we are moving. We are moving, yeah, we'll understand, right? Don't say it to your friends at work, because Desire couldn't tell me exactly what it means. But here amongst us, we know that it means we are moving. We are moving, guys. Things are happening in 2018. Things are happening in 2018. We are moving. We are moving forward. The bus is moving. The bus called Go Christian Church is moving. Are you on or are you in or are you out? Are you on board raising funds with us or are you out? Are you standing on the sidelines or are you participating? Are you a spectator or a participator? Are you only talking about how the free kick should have been taken or are you actually going to put on a pair of soccer boots, get on the field and take the free kick yourself? Because we're moving, guys. We're moving in Jesus' name. We want you to be with us. We don't want to be left behind. Again, um, you must go watch the movie. Now, the five people that haven't watched the movie, at the very beginning of Trolls, uh, they're escaping from the Bergens, and they say, basically, the king of the, of the Trolls says, no troll left behind. You must go watch the movie. How cool does that sound, right? So we are moving, guys, and we don't want one of you to be left behind. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen.